The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April J. Ford. Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. I've invited Brock Hansen today to have a discussion on the topic of the anatomy of loneliness. But before we dive into our segment, I wanted to say hello and thank you to express my gratitude to all of our You Are Not Alone listeners out there globally, of course, here in the United States. We've got Austria on the line, France. United Kingdom, Mexico, Russia, Vietnam, Poland, Brazil, Turkey, Ukraine, Taiwan, Korea, Israel, India, and just to name a few, again, I wanted to express my gratitude to all of our listeners globally, and I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during an adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. Did you know that there are golden blessings to be discovered even when life throws you a curveball? I created a formula in four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. This blueprint guides you in finding who you are and how to handle the challenges you're facing. This is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. And I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing these four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. So on with today's segment, Brock Hansen is a licensed clinical social worker with over 40 years experience treating eating disorders, anxiety disorders, depression, and addictions, often with histories of abuse or trauma. As a result of his work, it became clear that the powerful nature, emotions of fear, shame, and anger that are valuable in terms of survival have many painful consequences for everyday life. Understanding the action and interaction of these powerful emotions can be enormously helpful in untangling their painful traps and burdens. Since publishing his book, Shame and Anger, The Criticism Connection, he has continued working with individuals and families to overcome emotional challenges, but has also been writing, teaching, and speaking about related topics such as bullying on the playground and in the workplace, 
grief, abuse, loneliness, reactivity to criticism, assertiveness, empowerment, and the rapidly expanding body of knowledge about the brain and the mind that help find more effective tools in working with these emotional difficulties. Welcome to today's show with You're Not Alone, Brock Hansen. How are you? Thank you, April. I'm fine. It's really good to see, to be on the on the show with you. Mahalo. Uh, one of the things I didn't include in the notes I gave you was that uh, I actually lived in Hawaii and attended Punahou uh, oh. for a couple of years when uh, Barack Obama was being born about three blocks away. So that gives you a little bit of an idea how old I am. <laughs> um, but thanks for thanks for having me. Well, well, tell us, you know, as you describe yourself, and I'm quoting you as a quote-unquote Navy brat, you experience intense shame and loneliness. Tell us, you know, what did you, share your experiences, what did you draw from that? Well, um, I developed some habits, not, not all the best habits, as a result of constantly moving around and constantly being the new kid and having to... Uh, prove myself over and over again and not being sure who I could trust and who was a real friend. Uh, so uh, I developed some habits of thinking about myself with really uh, poor self-esteem, and it wasn't really until after I got out of college that I really blossomed and uh, and began to understand the roots of these things. And uh, there's been a lot of good stuff that's happened since then. Wow. And where did you say, you said you came to realization of where did that rooted from? What do, you, what do you think that was and how did you come about discovering it? Well, I discovered it through my training as a social worker and my work with other people and then the uh, information that was published about emotional intelligence uh, by people like Dan Goldman and uh, more recently people like Rick Hansen who's mm-hmm. no relation, but has written a book called Hardwiring Happiness. Um, and there's been a tremendous amount of work on understanding the emotions. And uh, as I read that and studied it and applied it to my therapy with others, uh, I, I learned a great deal about it myself and practiced meditation uh, and centering prayer uh, and other ways of uh, overcoming uh, self-defeating emotional habits. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and we'll get into that as we get into our segment today with the modalities that you've not only practiced, but also with the clients that you've worked with. Since we're talking about loneliness, let's jump right into loneliness. You have an explanation for why loneliness is so painful and yet so common. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. I, I would like to start by saying that ever since the Enlightenment in the 18th century or maybe even the 17th century, we have tend to emphasize the fact that we are rational beings that can think through things logically and philosophically, and we've valued our ability to do that to the exclusion of the importance of emotions. And so we've neglected the understanding of emotions except for when they are problematic for us. Uh, But, in fact, all of our emotions are given to us for survival, and the most powerful ones are most valuable in really urgent life-and-death circumstances. 
And loneliness, it may seem like a strained emotion for survival, but it can be thought of best, in my opinion, as the affect of abandonment. Affect is another word for emotion. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has the most obvious survival value for a tiny baby or a small animal that gets separated from its mother. So the small baby or the cub can't really survive by fighting or running. Uh, those are the uh, actions that are empowered by, by anger and fear. Um, so those emotions don't really help it much. The baby has to call out for help. So the baby or the cub or the, the tiny animal uh, expresses the emotion of distress. And the emotion, it, that emotion is so uh, universal uh, that the plaintive wail of a lost puppy or an elephant cub is easily recognizable by not only uh, the mama bear and the mama dog, but the uh, but but us too. Uh, if you've if you've ever brought home a little puppy and then been told by your parents that you have to leave it in another room because it's not house broken yet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then you listen to that puppy whining and whining and whining right. it's all you can do to resist going to pick it up and comfort it and take care of it and that is part of the value of the emotion of distress which is one of the key um, emotions involved in loneliness uh, in the recent Pixar movie, have you seen Inside oh, Out yet? Yes, yes. I actually did see that movie, and I recommend all of our listeners out there to actually um, go see that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's wonderful. Uh, they, they, dis- they talk about the emotion of distress, but they call it sadness. Mm-hmm. And they explain later in the movie, I hate to uh, ruin it for anybody, but the, the emotion of sadness has value because it motivates the family to come together to take care of one another. Uh, right, right. But, but another thing happens that, it, that if a uh, baby animal is stranded without mama bear being able to come to rescue it, after a while, another emotion kicks in, and that is the emotion that affect theorists call shame. That causes the tiny animal basically to give up and surrender and collapse into a state of silent despair. And that has some value, too, because if the baby animal keeps crying out, then other predators might find it before mama does. So the baby animal lapses into a state of shame, surrender, and despair, and that saves energy, and the best chance is that mama can sniff it out later on and rescue it in the long run. But in the meanwhile, it doesn't attract more predators. Right. And so I like these how, how two, you said it, it's really a survival emotion. It's something that's needed because, um, you know, as humans, if we're wired to have purpose and meaning through connection, you know, there's that big question, well, what happens when there's loneliness, right? And that's exactly. what you're, you're trying to convey is that the effect come, of abandonment. We come hardwired with this for a particular time in life when we're very vulnerable. And then that same emotion has value for us in bonding and making us social animals who care about being close to one another 
later in life, when we don't actually need loneliness to survive. It's no longer a life and death matter if we're able to take care of ourselves, but it is still important. And because it's because separation from others, whether we're helpless infants or we're grown up, is still painful, uh, then that makes loneliness uh, one of the more painful emotions. Mm-hmm. And would you say that we, like you said, when we're out of that survival mode of loneliness and we're now able to maybe emphasize or highlight the value of bonding, but also I see compassion, right? You transition the loneliness to compassion. Yes, compassion is is different, but they're 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 related in the sense that we do care about one another. But when you're feeling lonely, you're tending to focus more on your own state and your own needs, whereas when you're feeling compassion, you tend to focus more on someone else's needs, others. Right. which is why uh, compassion can actually be an antidote for the pain of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And we can get to that a little bit later, but um, how to actually uh, switch channels to compassion if you seem to be stuck in loneliness. Right, right. Now, you seem to think that loneliness is a cycle that can be reinforcing. And what, what did you mean by that, that it's a reinforcing cycle? Well, um, I like to say that the brain is designed to pay attention to pain and danger, and that makes us remember and anticipate painful experiences that we have in an effort to be able to plan and avoid them. Uh, this, again, is another basic survival advantage um, because if there are wolves out there, you don't want to get too complacent and fall asleep and let the fire go out. So the brain keeps you alert and awake to danger and uh, reminds you of things that you want to avoid. But when we are relatively safe, the brain keeps doing that. And it keeps, keeps looking for things that might be dangerous. And it finds things... Uh, like memories of lonely experiences or ideas uh, about why I'm lonely and focuses on those and keeps you thinking about them. It's sort of like the sore that you have in your mouth that you can't keep your tongue away from. The brain keeps (laughs) going back over and over again to your theories about why I'm feeling this painful experience, this painful emotion. And... And we think too much. We think and think and think, and they call it rumination. We go over and over and over sometime when we felt this pain, and we start to develop ideas and theories that are shaped by the emotions themselves. If I, uh, if I come up with the theory dictated by my, my feelings of shame because uh, I was moving around and my, my friendships kept getting interrupted and... Uh, and I wasn't sure I was going to make new friends, then I might come up with a theory that I I was uh, too skinny or too stupid or somehow otherwise uh, awkward uh, ever to to have any friends, and therefore I'm always going to be alone. And if I develop that theory and I keep thinking about it over and over and over again, then I can start to believe that about myself, and that's Mm -hmm. how it's a self-reinforcing 
vicious cycle. Well, what if, like you said, what if you are in a safe place, but the brain is is just, you know, like you said, it keeps looking for danger. How do you break that barrier of, you know, every, everything's safe, there, there's no pain and danger. How do you break that cycle of your brain looking for something to go fix when there's nothing to fix? Well, um, to some extent, you have to be a little bit lucky in the sense that uh, either circumstances intervene and uh, prove that your theories are wrong. Uh, Somebody comes up and uh, likes you in spite of your theory that you're completely unlovable, and, uh, and you decide to put that theory away. But if we could teach children and adults that, uh, that these traps, these emotional traps and habits of thinking about themselves are driven by a normal but powerful emotion, then they could say, aha, I see what's going on, and I can decide to break out of this cycle of, of thinking, this rumination. Right, right. I think um, it's really bringing the awareness, like you said, it, it could be a circumstances that's, to that's interfere or intervene, but it's really the awareness first. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you, we're going to take a break right now. When we come back, I want Brock to explain, you know, does he really think loneliness is, an, you know, avoidable or inedible, inevitable, um, you know, since we're talking about the anatomy here and of it being a natural emotion and is it always really a result of trauma. So when we come back from our break, I want him to speak a little bit about his experiences, um, not only from his personal experiences, but his clients as well. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to rise above life's challenges with grace, gratitude, love, and joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Dietta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. 
Together, as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Did you know there are close to 50 loss events that can produce the wide range of emotions we call grief? Grief is a normal and natural response to loss. We all experience loss in life. Often, when we do, people tell us we have to let it go and move on. But how do you do this, especially when you don't know where to start? Listen to 50 Shades of Grief with host Melody Dawn, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time. 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we can get through grief. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford. Our guest today is Brock Hansen, a licensed clinical social worker with over 40 years experience working with individuals with eating disorders, anxiety disorders, depression, and other addictions, usually resulting from abuse and or trauma. He's also the author of Shame and Anger, The Criticism Connection. And before the break, he you know, started to share the breakdown of what loneliness really is. And he explained that as a survival emotion. One example that he uses is that loneliness is basically an effect of abandonment. And he talked a little bit about, you know, of it being a vicious cycle, which can be self-reinforcing. So, Brock, do you think loneliness is inevitable or is it avoidable? I, I believe that the the basic emotion that is at the root of loneliness um, is inevitable and universal, uh, that no parent or caretaker can be so perfect that a baby doesn't feel at some point uh, that uh, they're, uh, they're not being taken care of. Um, you can think of lots of examples if a if a, before a baby can talk or even knows how to express its needs, um, they might cry for any number of reasons, and the, and, and the parent may not know what's wrong at first. Uh, there may be an earache going on that they haven't figured out yet, and therefore uh, that the baby is going to feel distressed and not taken care of during that period. Uh, also, you know, babies wake up in the middle of the night and find themselves alone, and sometimes this is distressing. And uh, so, uh, all of those are going to trigger these these little abandonment experiences. Uh, you can minimize those as much as possible, but it may not actually be helpful because uh, children have to learn 
little by little how to tolerate separation, and they usually do so by uh, by having a, a transitional object at some point around 18 months or two years, they they develop a special affection for their teddy bear or their dolly or their security blanket because that's what they hold on to when mom isn't around mm-hmm. quickly right, enough. Right. Now, um, you s- go ahead. So, so, so that much of the emotion is inevitable. The, the problem with loneliness is that if you, if you start to dwell on it and you start to form theories about who you are based on that feeling, uh, that can be self-defeating. And that, that I hope, can be avoided. Uh, I hope that children could be taught about their feelings and what to do about their feelings so that they can be even more resilient about overcoming these powerful, painful experiences. Right, right. And that's a good, good example where loneliness is a normal emotion, such as, you know, a, a baby or infant, a child growing up and, like you said, tolerating separation from from their parents or whatnot. But isn't it also a result of trauma? Well, it certainly it certainly would be um, unless the child is very fortunate at having extremely proactive parents who recognize that trauma has happened and, and, and well-meaning caretakers that help them very quickly to to deal with uh, the the awful feelings of that that follow on to abuse or even even a very very painful. Uh, experience a, a loss or a terrible disappointment or uh, pain because uh, the memory of trauma is easily associated with an idea that why does this why did this awful thing happen to me why was I left alone why was I not taken care of and why was I abused in this way and those questions really haunt someone in the in the wake of abuse until they begin to form theories about themselves or about the world, uh, often with a certain amount of anger as well as shame or loneliness that uh, that further isolates them. Um, I'm sure you have a lot to say about that yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I'll share some of the, um, like you said, when there's memory of that trauma, how do you, you know, we can speak into um, some of the modalities. But if, like you said, for parents that don't have yet the tools or or um, experiences that we have worked in this arena before, how can they best help, you know, their kid or their, their loved ones? as a result of trauma or something tragic happened, like you said, if there's a loss or another traumatic experience, how can they best help somebody who is feeling alone? Uh, I think that uh, resources like this, this program uh, and any number of books that help uh, educate uh, parents about, about the emotions and so that they can say, what you're feeling is painful, uh, but you're okay. Uh, what you've been through was really awful, but you're okay. 
and to be able to uh, to stay with and stand with uh, a child or even an adult, for that matter, after a, a period of trauma, means I'm not going to abandon you now. No, now I'm not going to repeat the abandonment by saying uh, we don't want to talk about that or just get over it or some other insensitive reaction. Right, right. It's kind of like the movie that you brought up um, with Inside Out. You know, I won't give it away for the listeners who haven't seen that movie, but I highly encourage you guys to go see it. Um, you know, obviously it's a kid's movie, but I think um, grown-ups as well as, you know, adults can also learn from this movie where there were multiple times throughout the movie where everybody just wanted, you know, the character's name is Joy. Um, everybody just wanted to be happy and wanted joy around to uplift and inspire everybody. And anytime sadness came around, they just basically put her on the timeout, you know, put her in the, in the corner. Nobody wanted sadness around. But there's a couple scenes in there where sadness was actually, you know, the, the anecdote or the cure to that particular situation that helped the situation once they were able to recognize sadness and not just, you know, stuff her in the corner but you know really bring awareness um to her and in that particular you know a couple of scenes that was her purpose to to help with that i think you touched on it a little bit brock when you said sadness motivated the family to come together right exactly exactly yeah and do you do you think that we should accept loneliness or work to solve and cure it, like those couple scenes in the movie Inside Out. It was more of, you know, did they accept uh, joy? Did they accept sadness? Uh, did they work with sadness, sadness with that particular moment and circumstance? Um, you know, what do you have to say about that with loneliness? Well, understanding that loneliness is normal and inevitable and it's a part of life and it's even a a useful and important part of life at times. For example, it's a very important part of grief. And grief, when you have a significant loss, is is natural. If you try to uh, block that or turn it away, it it causes other problems. Uh, Right. I totally agree. Um, so accepting the kinds of loneliness that happen from time to time, uh, understanding it, allowing it to happen, but be careful not to make it into a trap. Now, when I was a kid, um, if I was in a sort of a sulky mood, uh, my dad, who was a pretty good guy, but he used to tickle me to try and get me to smile instead of just accepting my bad mood and letting me get over it or find a way out of it on my own. And that really used to tick me off. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to be upset. I wasn't allowed to be angry or, or, or grumpy. You know, I was tickled into laughing, which was not what I felt like. Yeah, it seems so, like he was so, just innocently and lovingly with the pure intention of you know, changing your emotional and physiological state by, like you said, tickling you or making you laugh or making somebody smile. But really what's healthy is what what I'm, you know, hearing from you and drawing from my own personal experience. What's really healthy is really allowing you to be with that emotional, 
with that emotion at that particular moment. Like you said, there, there comes a line where you've got to draw the line when you're dwelling and creating stories. And, you know, like you said, your brain is marinating on these thoughts and recreating thoughts and it's a vicious cycle. But I think the real healthy thing to do is allow yourself or give yourself permission to be with that emotion at that moment. Yes. If, if your friend or your parent or, or anybody says you shouldn't feel bad, that really is a turnoff. Uh, it doesn't allow you to have the feelings. If they say, you seem like you're really feeling bad, would you like to talk about it? I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to tell you I, I, I don't like you because you're feeling sad or mad or whatever. Uh, I'm going to be here and we can work this out together. Uh, that's the healthiest and most uh, effective way of helping anybody, but particularly children, through uh, an emotional crisis. Right, right. Now, what would you say, what are some other problems that are associated with loneliness? Because I can, um, you know, I did a few recent TV news segments on loneliness and you know, quoting some of the statistics out there, one in three people, according to a recent New York Times article, self-report to being lonely in a recent study done by BYU that's basically linking loneliness to mortali- mortality. And I, I, you know, I can comment on that based on my personal experience and also working with others because where I see, you know, where loneliness lives you know, whether, like you said, there's different inflection points, whether it's loss due to a death or loss of income or whatever it may be, there seems to be a, I call it a ripple effect of other health alarming concerns such as depression, unhealthy habits of drugs and alcohol, unhealthy relationships, stress, anxiety. And I think that's why the BYU study indicates you know, such an alarming concern because it's on par, if not surpassing the trends of obesity and substance abuse, uh, substance abuse because of the ripple effect of trends of, um, you know, other problems associated with loneliness. Can you comment on that? Absolutely. Uh, again, once it becomes a kind of a chronic thing that keeps attracting your attention so that you keep going to that place in your brain where you experience the loneliness and you and you have a theory that's not very helpful um, then uh, the, the the fact that that these powerful emotions are triggered over and over again it, it, it's probably mostly shame which affects certain hormone levels and makes you feel weaker and makes you feel less deserving uh, but it also could be anger uh, or fear, and those are very exhausting emotions. They're designed for short-term crisis when you're being chased by a lion and you want to be able to get away as quick as possible. But they're not designed very well to help you survive long-term. They generate the wrong kinds of hormones for for long-term survival. And the fact that they're painful emotions makes you want to get away from them in any way you can, and that's how we... We end up turning to eating too much or drinking too much or using other drugs or using compulsive behaviors such as, you know, gambling or uh, uh, sexual 
addictions or right. other kinds of things. Developing like bad habits, right. To escape the, uh, the pain. And then those cause further problems and sort of confirm your opinion that you're not worth anything. And that's how it really becomes a vicious cycle. The things that we try to do to avoid the pain of loneliness tend to cause us the most serious problems. Right. And I think, like you said, whether it comes to the natural emotions when you're operating in survival mode, they're there for a reason, shame, anger, and fear. But when it starts to become chronic and it's affecting other areas of your life, like you said, it's creating bad habits of your health, your relationships, and then, you know, the ripple effect goes on. It's creating depression, anxiety, stress. Um, you're, obviously, your hormonal balances are out of um, alignment. So what would you recommend for somebody? Like, how can you tell if this is, you know, short-term versus you've gone down a, a dangerous path of it's not short-term anymore? I think that most people do figure that out pretty well on their own, but they don't usually figure it out until after they have been on the path for a while. Right. When they have felt lonely enough to begin to, to, begin to assume uh, there's something wrong with me, I'm always going to be alone, uh, or, um, you know, I'm a loser and something. That, that, and and uh, quite a few of my clients come in to me, they've been aware of feeling this way for a long time. They've even tried a number of different things to, to deal with it. Um, so I'm not sure anybody can, can identify the exact tipping point when you go from uh, normal loneliness into, into chronic loneliness. But there's plenty of opportunity for uh, turning it around uh, later in the game uh, if you haven't done too much self-damage with substance abuse or uh, ended up in, in prison or something like that. Uh, even then, people get, get saved uh, from their emotional habits, even in very, very dire circumstances. There are inspiring self-reports of, uh, of survival from addiction or survival uh, from prison and turning their lives around. Okay, so we're going to go on our break right now. And Brock, when we come back, I want to speak on... You know, what are some of the things that we can do about loneliness? I know we touched a little bit on the topics of what modalities you've used as far as um, meditation or some mindfulness-based stress management. And we'll get into that after the break on what we can do about loneliness. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, 
peace and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofya.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and our guest today is Brock Hansen. Just before the commercial break, the key t- key takeaways that I lo- learned from that segment is really, you know, allow yourself to be with your emotion at that particular moment. Don't try to neglect it and, um, you know, minimize it and really start to pay attention uh, that loneliness really is a natural survival emotion and it really becomes um, dangerous once we start letting it be a long-term emotion because it can bring up what I call the ripple effect of other um, concerns in, in our health such as you know depression, developing unhealthy habits such as drugs and alcohol, unhealthy relationships, stress and anxiety as Brock mentioned um, you know, creating that vicious cycle of pain, basically confirming your loneliness. So with this segment, I wanted to hear Brock's opinions and some strategies on what are some of the things that people can do 
about loneliness? Well, I'd like to start with how we uh, raise our children to understand their emotions, um, which we haven't done very well until recently. And, uh, and I think that's essential. I think if children are taught uh, to have a language for understanding their emotions, then, then they can be prepared to, uh, to understand that loneliness is a feeling not a fact, not a failure, and it's a powerful feeling that's actually designed to help us reach out to others for help. It just doesn't feel like that. Um, for most of us over the age of 10, the, the shame that's associated with loneliness can tend to make us withdraw and, and criticize ourselves rather than to reach out for help. So if you understand that basic dilemma uh, and parents walk their children through that at different times, um, then they can learn how to recognize loneliness and ask themselves, what do, I, what do I really need right now? Is there something I need that I can get some help from somebody else? Uh, is there something I can do for myself about this feeling? Um, and then you can take action. Once you've asked yourself that question, I'm, I'm having this feeling, what can I do about it? And there are a number of things. First of all, you can just reach out to a friend. You can reach out to a parent. You can reach out to um, just a friendly face uh, that you, uh, you know, have in a familiar place. Um, and you can reach out by saying, you know, how are you today, but if they ask you how you're feeling, you'd say, well, I'm feeling a little sad, and uh, most people will respond um, in a helpful way. It's not so much of a guarantee in middle school. This is, this is a hard time for children to learn how to reach out and trust because there's an awful lot of social competition going on right. in middle school, and that's when a lot of bullying and teasing and painful uh, back and forth takes place. Um, but other than that, um, and even during middle school, you can, you can find a friend uh, who's sympathetic and supportive. Uh, another important thing to understand about the emotions is that they're very much associated with our body language. And that if you, uh, if you watch the movie Inside Out, each one of the cartoon characters that represents a different emotion has a different posture. And oh, joy, right. a mm -hmm. joy assumes what we call the victory pose. Her arms are flung up, big smile mm -hmm. on her face. <laughs> right. and, uh, and sadness is slumped over, her head is hung down, her eyes are sort of averted, and... That is the classic posture of shame and defeat. Um, anger is like tense and uh, like a brick, and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. fear is sort of wringing his hands constantly. Uh, and if we change our posture, uh, we can change our, our feeling. So um, it's possible if, if you make the decision, I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling sad, and I want to change that, then let me look at my posture. Am I sitting here when I'm uh, curled over and uh, uh, 
in a very defeated, depressed posture. If I want to change that, I can uh, stand up and march around the room to a Sousa march, and it will actually change it. I, I had a client uh, a couple of weeks ago who was trapped in a panic attack, a uh, very, very intelligent gentleman, but he was totally trapped in this panic attack. And we marched around my office for about two minutes to the Stars and Stripes Forever, and it helped him break out of that panic attack. Mm-hmm. So uh, isn't that like NLP, the neuro-linguistic programming of where you're able to change your, your state? Uh, you definitely change your state, but most of the time NLP, uh, you would use uh, uh, mental resources like imagery and memories of, of times that you have before. Uh, you're, everybody, without having to resort to NLP, uh, is naturally wired to feel differently if you assume different postures. Right. So in it's meditation, a lot of people will sit upright and they'll, they'll keep their spine erect and try to have just a very slight smile on their face and a sort of a neutral um, uh, affect and uh, facial expression. And that, that tends to be calming, whereas if you, if you curl up on your bed to meditate, you're probably not going to get the same emotional effect. Effect, right, right. And I like how you, you know, brought up first when you said that it's basically, let's start with how we raise our children by allowing them to recognize that our emotions and our feelings are not really facts because it's going to take a parent to, um, you know, a parent who's well aware on the topics that we're discussing to be able to to do that, right? You know, how do we talk about emotions if with our kids if you're not able to um, yourself to have that conversation and tying it in with the the four steps? Like you said, one is to recognize what the emotion is, and two, how do we respond to it? And your recommendation is to reach out. And I think with loneliness. Having a support network or a resource is is really imperative um, to have. Yes, uh, it's unfortunately it's very hard when you're feeling lonely and you've developed this theory that uh, that there's some reason to expect that you're going to be rejected or abandoned again. It's very hard to get yourself to trust that other people will be there for you and and to reach out. However, uh, if you use some of these um, posture tricks or you, you take advantage of some inspiration or even just listening to a show like this gives you the courage to try something, then it can be a beginning where, you're, where you discover, okay, if I do this, I don't have to continue to feel uh, trapped alone. Right. Um, Right. And, and just to add, you know, for those of you who are listening, if you want to practice some practical tools, again, one, um, like Brock and I have discussed, is really having that support network. It's okay to reach out. Two, I, I can share, you know, some of the things that I've done was sound, sound healing, um, 
uh, also known as Healing Harmonics. I believe I brought on a previous guest by the name of Wendy Darling. She created a system called Healing Harmonics and a previous guest from last week, Dr. Lynn Horowitz, speaking on the frequency of 528 and love that's really you know, being able to hear at that frequency and how we're created with love and out of love as a human and spiritual being to begin with that provides a lot of powerful um, healing. And you touched a little bit on meditation, you know, as it relates to posture, you know, being able to change your state and your posture, but just having a healthy relationship with yourself and not dwelling on creating those negative vicious cycles of stories of, like you said, worthiness or loneliness, shame, anger, and fear. Would you say that there's other practical tools that people can implement on the daily basis, Brock? Yes, well, we touched a little bit earlier on in the hour on compassion. And um, one of the ways that you can change the channels, if you will, from the loneliness channel to another uh, channel in which you feel uh, both more worthy and you also feel uh, abundant and, and giving is practicing compassion toward others whether it is simply thinking about others with compassion or looking around and discovering that that you can do a kind little thing for someone that you meet along the way. Um, Even if it's just smiling or listening to someone, uh, everybody needs the uh, attention of other human beings and needs to be listened to and accepted and you have that gift to offer. And when you do this, it activates a part of your brain that is a natural antidote to the, to the pain of loneliness. It initiates a relationship in a very small way, but you'll usually get a positive reaction to that, and it will be the seed for a new relationship that can relieve you from loneliness. Oh, I love it. I love it. Compassion. Now, in in closing, Brock, unfortunately, no, we're coming up on time here. I wish we had more time on on this topic, the anatomy of loneliness. Where can people find more about your work? Well, the the easiest uh, contact information to remember probably is my book website, which is www.shameandanger.net. Uh, and that has links to my practice website and all my contact information. Uh, the book is available on Amazon and other, uh, both as a Kindle and a, and a paperback. Uh, so those are ways to get in touch with me. I'm happy to, uh, my email address is on those websites, and so I'm happy to get email and respond uh, and if you put the uh, in the subject line, uh, you are not alone, that'll get my attention. And uh, I probably will respond to it even quicker. Great. Glad to have you with us today, Brock. Alrighty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here in Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory so that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs. 
others and let others know you are not alone. Make sure you go to feeljoyagain.com to receive your weekly words of joy. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What do former secretaries